Hello everyone, I'm Bianca Burton and this is Sportify. As promised, I am here to discuss the men and women's Team USA for gymnastics. The trials just concluded and the teams are set. We are a month out from the Tokyo Olympics. Still a lot of work to do, but I think we have enough athletes to make this one of the best Olympics I've ever seen, I think. So I will go over night one and night two, as I always do. If you haven't listened to my US Gymnastics Championships episode, go back and listen, because there's a lot of information that will be in this episode that you might not get unless you listen to that one. Because I know a lot of people don't generally watch gymnastics unless the Olympics are on. I understand that. I watch it anytime it's on. <laughs> um, but as we know, the trials are the most, the second most important part. The most important part is the actual Olympics. But getting the team set is very, very important. Just real quick, I'm going to go over the team spots and stuff. I'm not going to just right off the bat say who was selected because then the episode's over and you have nothing to listen to really. So how it works for the men is pretty much the same for the women. First team spot is whoever wins first at trials. Okay, pretty simple. Team spot number two, for the women, it's whoever gets second. For the men, you have to get second overall at trials, but you also have to be in the top three for at least three apparatuses. Now, for those of you who don't watch gymnastics that much, that might have been a little confusing. Let me break it down a little bit. If I'm Yul Moldauer and I get first on floor, I get second on pommel horse, and I get third on rings, I'm good. And I qualify second overall, I'll be on the Olympic team. But here's why I think this system is stupid. And Nastia Lukin agreed with me. <laughs> She said, I don't like the way that they're picking the Olympic teams. And I agree with her. It's really dumb. <laughs> because we went from the Magnificent Seven to the Fab Five to the Final Five. Now we're at four plus one individual spot. And now it's been confirmed that in Paris 2024, we're going back to five gymnasts. It makes no sense. <laughs> so I know COVID messed some of the things up. But weird. Very weird. Anyway. The reason why the second spot overall for the men is weird to me is because you're not gonna be in second place unless you're in the top three for at least three apparatuses, you know? So in men's, there are six apparatuses. In women's, there are four. Now usually on the men's, you would have like seven total, like real Olympic team members, not including alternates is what I'm saying because you have six apparatuses and if someone gets hurt, you have an extra. For women, you would have five because there's four. But now you have the individual spot and they can't compete on the team final, same with the men. But the men, again, with the addition of other apparatuses, it's a little more convoluted and difficult, but it's very weird and they're gonna fix it. <laughs> because a lot of people think this is confusing and stupid. But now that I understand it, I'm gonna try to explain it the best I can to the people who are just watching gymnastics to see Simone Biles and other big names like that. So 
Team spot number three for the men is selected by the committee, same with the women. Team spot number four, selected by the committee, same with the women. Now, the individual spot. The men only have one. The women have two. Very interesting, honestly. Um, Why that is, don't know. (laughs) Uh, As we do know for the women, Jade Carey has confirmed, and she confirmed this weeks ago, that she will be taking that individual spot. As I said in my previous episode, she could have chosen not to do that. I'm not going to explain why. Go back and listen. But she did say, uh, I've chosen to take the individual spot because she mathematically clinched it. Why would you give that up? Like, you know, <laughs> just that's just me. But that is vault because she is a world-class vaulter. So it's a very smart idea. So she still competed on other events tonight. This was night two. She didn't even need to. She was just doing it, I guess. <laughs> uh, doing it to do it, you know? Okay, so for the men, Brody Malone. He won US Championships, and this is the men's standings after night one. As we know, night one for both men and women, and really other sports, doesn't necessarily determine everything. It doesn't really determine that night who's going on the team. Night two, very, very, very important. If you mess up on night two, and you're not gener- you're not a Simone Biles, you're not a Sam Kulak, you're in trouble. <laughs> and I will get to that, because that did happen tonight. So, night one of the men's was actually some of the best men's gymnastics I think I've ever seen. It's taken a long time for Team USA to get a well-rounded men's team. I think we're finally doing that, and I'm so happy. So, Brody Malone, who represents Stanford University, he's only 21, very consistent, very calm in his his gymnastics. You really won't see him celebrate like Sam McCulloch or Yul Moldauer. He's very in the zone, don't bother me, let me do this type guy, which we need some of those. But we also need some excitement. So, after night one in the men's, he was first. Is that surprising? No, it's not. <laughs> now, the the interesting part for night one in the men's, and like I said, you can have a horrible U.S. Gymnastics Championships right before trials. You could have a great championships before trials, but the whole point of championships is to qualify for trials. So it doesn't really affect it that much. They do look at your past performances, but your ultimate goal in all those previous competitions are to qualify for the Olympic trials. And then once you get there, it's to qualify for the Olympics. <laughs> so, or the Olympic team. So, for the men, there was a huge fight between second place, third place, and fourth place. Numbers kept going around because everyone starts off on a different apparatus. So let's say Sam Kulak's best is high bar. If he starts on that, he's going to be in second place, most likely if he doesn't fall, which if I'm just throwing out names, these are not actual standings. If Donnell Wittenberg starts on rings, he's going to be second place, you know? But if you start on your worst event, you won't get the best score unless you have a good night and actually do really well. So number two after night one, Shane Wiskus. Now, as I talked about in my previous episode, he fell three times on high bar. Go watch it on YouTube. 
And he kept getting up, kept getting up, finally completed the scale. It was very inspiring to watch. Second place overall. For night one, I was very surprised. Reason why? I was really thinking Yule Moldauer would have had that spot. Shane is good, don't get me wrong. And I definitely thought he was gonna be top five, which is true. But I just thought Yule would be ahead of him. Again, this is night one. Third, Yule Moldauer. Fourth, Sam Akulak. Fourth is a sweet spot for Akulak because he actually had a really good night. And at championships, it was very iffy. He had a horrible night one, a great night two as a redemption, but he has been up and down in standings. It's so hard to keep up with. So I'm glad he was consistent. Reason why he's kind of falling back. One, it's his last Olympic year. This is the last time he's doing this. And you can tell his body is just tired. And I would be too if I did gymnastics my whole life. He's still as strong as can be, but you can tell at the end of his routines now, he's really winded and, you know, his body's just getting tired of it. So anyway, fifth, surprisingly, Brandon Briones. I saw him at championships. He was good, but I kind of thought, oh, this is just going to be a guy who's going to be in the top five when he gets older. He needs more experience. But I was wrong about that because he got fifth place. He's in the top five on night one. He's only 20, I think. 20 or 21. Six, Akash Modi. <sighs> this guy is very dedicated to this sport. He's been, he's kind of in the line of Donovan Bailey and Donnell Wittenberg and all those people who keep trying and trying and trying and trying, but they still haven't made the Olympic team. And I mean, do you keep going until you make it? Or even after you make it, do you keep going? Or do you just love it so much you keep... I'm not judging, but if you haven't made it so many times, wouldn't that just piss you off? I don't know. Some see it as extra motivation. But the thing is, Akash is, I would say, semi-consistent. On the events he's good at, he's always good at them. But at the events he's bad at, He's always bad at them. <laughs> There's no, like, he's good at everything. He's good all around. Seventh, Alan Bauer. I really did think he was going to be better than he is. No shade. All these guys are great and can do things that I could never. <laughs> but I just remember him up and coming in NCAA gymnastics, which in both men's and women's and from elite to NCAA or back and forth, they're very different. But still, the men go through college to be elite. The women either go through elite to go to college or vice versa. Because the women are more concentrated in training their whole lives to make the Olympics. So sometimes college is not really in that mix. Sometimes it is, like Morgan Hurt is going to college, Michaela Skinner went elite to college, back to elite. So you can do that, but most NCAA gymnasts who are women, they want to end their gymnastics career there. Some just find it also easier um, because it's not as stressful. It, the training schedule is not as intense. It's all based on team events. It, it's based around your studies, so it's not gonna interfere with your uh, with your college life that much. 
but like if you're doing elite gymnastics you're there morning noon night pretty much and most of those girls and boys homeschool because they're training all day in in ncaa gymnastics you go to class you do your stuff and then you go to training and all that stuff so alan bauer is for the university of oklahoma um he was really good and university of oklahoma both men and women have a great gymnastics program like ucla ish and like um ohio state Florida Gators, all those. I could go on. Anyway, so he has, I mean, he's there. He's just kind of there. That's how I describe it. He may come into his own as he gets older, but I just feel like he was better before. I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't know if it's because all these other names are up and coming and they're just, as Tim Daggett and Nastia Lucan said, they're making the right moves at the right time that is very critical in Olympic year. So under that, Paul Judah. Some of you are wondering, Paul Judah didn't make it to trials. He didn't qualify. You're right. Here's what happened there. Originally, Eddie Penev was supposed to be in that spot. Why is he not there? Because minutes before night one, he was training. I think it was on floor. I'm not exactly sure. I didn't see it. I only heard about it. He was training. He did a pass and he retore a ligament in his leg. That is heartbreaking, especially because that guy has been on this alternate team, I think. And I think he might have been on the regular team final, but he's been in this situation so many times. And can you imagine right before you start? that you re-tear a crucial lig- ligament that is not easily healed at all. Heartbreaking. But also, what's very weird about this is in the women's online one, Sky Blakely, shout out to Woga, she was training, she was doing warm-ups, she was doing warm-ups, she was doing warm-ups on vault, and she did her back handspring. And as she was going, she ran and she twisted and then she lifted her legs over her head to get on the table to jump off. But her heels dug in to the vault table. That's the only way I can describe it. She basically slammed into the vault table with at full speed with her heels, okay? And she was out for night one. I mean, she's only 15. She's got a bunch of time, but that's heartbreaking. Right before you start your first Olympic trials, you get hurt. And I mean, it's heartbreaking for Lori Hernandez, who's been to the Olympics. She got hurt uh, night one of championships and she had to pull out, which by the way, she's doing commentating for the women's now. Love it. NBC, please hire her and hire me next. Anyway, (laughs) Um, she did great. Love that. Anyway, but you could tell she missed it. You could tell she... They were asking her questions about, oh, you know, you would have been there. And I'm like, stop. Don't bring her down right now, please. Um, Anyway, but also she's friends with Simone Biles. She's friends with a lot of girls that were there. So I bet that was really hard. But anyway, so second night, just to conclude that story. So Eddie Penev, obviously he tore a ligament, so he's out completely. Sky Blakely was 
you know, iffy. Definitely out for night one. She didn't compete in night two, so it's over. It's over for her. And she'll have another chance, I guarantee it. She needed more time anyway, but obviously you don't want to see anyone get hurt. But um, it was very sad to watch because immediately she started crying. You could tell she was in pain. So I feel sorry for those two. Cameron Buck. This is a name that I thought would be in top five a couple years ago. A couple years ago, he was like Brody Maloney. Very consistent, doing very difficult routines, all of this. But then he just kind of fell off the radar. And I was like, wait, where is he? <laughs> and he just kind of fell down, I guess. And under that, this is just top ten. Riley Lose. So... I've decided I don't like him because he throws away his routines. He kind of goes through the motions. At least on night one he did. I think he fell on something. I think it was Pommel Horse. It must have been, I think. And he just kind of like gave up, kind of half-assed it. And I don't do well with that. If you're not, if you don't want to do it, don't do it at all. You've worked so hard to get there. Why would you do that? specialist in the men's who were fighting for the one individual spot. So, Alex Diab, his specialist apparatus was rings. His dad was a two-time NCAA champion on rings as well. That's really cool. That guy, Alex Diab, on rings is one of the strongest I've ever seen. I'm serious. I watched that guy and I was like, the rings aren't moving at all. At all. Sometimes they wiggle a little bit, but if you, no, still. So I really, if you bet on him, I don't judge you because he had a very good chance. So here's the weird part. When you think of individual spot, you think of one apparatus. That's what it's supposed to be. But actually, some of these athletes, both men and women who are competing for the individual spot, chose two events because they would say they would compete those, right? And then the committee, if they picked that person, would pick one of those events that they competed on that they chose, okay? So I think Jade Carey at first was like vault and floor, I think, or uneven bar, something like that. Uh, and she ended up choosing vault. And, but she had mathematically clinched the spot. The only person who mathematically clinched it was Stephen. So he, this is very interesting and very weird. He went to the World Cup a couple years ago on pommel horse, won the whole thing, therefore mathematically clinched the spot, right? But then COVID hit. And the next competition, he was like out wherever he was doing that World Cup. So he couldn't get back to the U.S. because of the pandemic. And for some reason, they counted that against him. They said, well, you can't come here to compete at this trial or whatever it was, at this meet. So we're taking away your mathematically clinched spot. I would be furious. I would be so mad. <laughs> but he's a very happy guy and very likable. Um, but can you believe it? Like, thinking, oh, I'm all good, but then not being able to get home. 
all of a sudden, the meat is going to count that against you and take away your mathematically clinched spot? What? Oh my god, I'd be so mad. The reason why that didn't happen to Jade Carey is because her World Cup is because her World Cup was in 2018, I think, way before. Stevens was, like, right before, so. But still, anyway. So Steven Nedoroskic obviously was for Pommel. He uh, stuck with that. I honestly think having an individual spot gives you more pressure because you are only on one or two events. Um, and that's it. You don't get another apparatus to come back. Next person, Alec Yoder, also on Palm Horse. He went to Ohio State University and he was very good, um, still is. He's a lot taller now, by the way. He's actually one of the tallest men there. He's 5'8". Yeah, everyone else is shorter. Nothing against that, but I'm just saying. Male gymnasts are traditionally short. So I was really happy to see him on pommel, but I was kind of confused as to why he didn't compete all around, because I know he can do it, but maybe he just was like, I'm really good at pommel, so I'm just gonna do that. That's why they made the option, I guess. But anyway, now you have, at least in the men, all these people wanting the individual spot and not doing all the event, you know? Uh, But then again, the men do have more apparatuses to worry about. Anyway, Donnell Wittenberg, his special events, vault and rings. Now this guy is freaking huge. Go look him up, like huge, unreasonably. <laughs> and because of that, he does rings really, really well. And he can get really high up in the air and twist many, many times on vault. He's doing the vaults that Simone Biles is doing. Did you hear me? <laughs> he is doing the vaults that Simone Biles is doing. Yeah. I.e. Simone Biles is doing men's vaults. And doing it better, might I add. Anyway. Next person, Gage Dyer. Vault and floor. I would agree with that. Those are honestly some of his best events. He stuck every vault he did. Floor, same thing. A lot of sticks on night one, I have to say. So like I said, I was very worried about Sam McCulloch. But he was steady. No falls. Bunch of moments where he fought and covered up a mistake. Especially there's one, I don't remember if it was night one or night two, um, where he's on parallel bars and he nearly falls off because one of his hands does not grip the bar. So he just muscled his way up with his other arm and continued his routine. I was like, this is why I love him. (laughs) So that's night one for the men. Night one for the women. As I said last time, it had to be Biles and Childs at Trials. Oh my. Childs fell down a little bit, just a little bit, into third and fourth. It went back and forth. Um, she was competing with Suni Lee and Michaela Skinner, so she was kind of, you know. But at the end of the day for night one, Childs was in third, Skinner was in fourth, Biles was in first. <laughs> By the way, just in case anyone was freaking out, 
Suni Lee was in second. And there are a lot more women than there are men, so I'm just gonna say that. I'm not gonna go through all the standings for night one. Simone Biles had a good night one. She really did. Very good. As always. <laughs> um, Suni Lee, very good as well. Michaela Skinner, better night one than night two, but I just... Now, if you don't know the story of Michaela Skinner, she went elite gymnastics to college, graduated college, and went back to elite. She was an alternate, I think, twice. Both London, right? Yes, both London and Rio. She was really pissed about that. She's like, I'm not going to be an alternate for a third time. And she came back to elite. She, I, I admire her for coming back and doing a really good job at it. She's definitely improved. Don't get me wrong. Definitely. But is she a team final athlete? In my head, no. She's not. She's just not ready. And in the tradition, like, she's 24. She's the same age as Simone Biles. But Simone Biles is also Simone Biles. <laughs> and she's just so much better than everyone else. But you can tell that there was a little gap where Michaela went to college. Nothing against that. She went to NCAA Asian Masters. But it is different. And they train you differently. And you can kind of tell that on certain events. And also, by the way, <laughs> shout out to Simone Biles for having the cutest, as we all know, she had the bedazzled goat on her leotards, on, you know, all this stuff. Tonight, on night two, she had it on her slides. I was like, oh my gosh, I need a pair. <laughs> Love it. This is Simone Biles. This is, this feels very weird saying this. Because now we're going to go into night two, even though I didn't really finish night one. Nothing, like, drastic happened on night one for the women. Just because everyone's kind of, like, getting their jitters out. And there's nothing really, you know, insane happening there. So, and night two for women is so intense. So, night one is a little easier. Just a little bit. Um, not to discredit it, but it really is. It's less intense because the Olympic team is not being decided that night. This will be Simone Biles' second Olympic Games. For some reason, I feel like she's literally been to every single Olympics there ever has been. <laughs> because she hasn't lost, like actually lost, anything since 2013. It's 2021. <laughs> Guys. So she went to Rio, obviously, and as they kept pointing out tonight, she's doing things. So Simone Biles has four gold medals and one bronze in the Olympics alone, and she's doing skills that she's never done before, that no gymnast has ever done before. And she won five medals in 2016. And she's doing stuff she didn't do back then. So she's only getting better. So my question is, how many medals is she gonna win this time? <laughs> anyway, but, <clears throat> so I must talk about Simone Biles night two. Yes, she's going to the Olympic games, but this was the worst night I've ever seen her do. And she will attest. So <clears throat> first, starting off on a horrible thing, 
uneven bars as we know it's her most hated event she hates it <laughs> she went onto the low bar to go to a handstand opened her legs up kind of fell off balance she never let go of the bar but her legs kind of like bent and did this weird thing and then she just decided to open them up to a split and go back and so that was a huge deduction not huge actually because she didn't let go of the bar she didn't fall but everyone was kind of like whoa like kind of like that and Nasty and Tim were like well that's uncharacteristic you know but it is her worst event all she needs to do is her, also her worst is like everyone else's best honestly but um she just needs to get through it it really doesn't matter the score for that and like I said earlier um if she fell on literally every single thing she would still be going to the Olympic Games. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, she's already there, okay? Book the hotel. Let's go. Pack your goat slippers. I'll meet you there. Anyway. So, that was like, oh crap. You know. Then she went on beam. But she actually, she actually had a very good vault, okay? But here's the thing. Actually, I think Uneven Bars was her second event. Vault was her first, or vice versa. Vault, she had a 15.2 on both of them. Okay, exact same score. Didn't go out of bounds or anything like that. Just a little bit of step back. The vaults themselves, really good. But you could tell in her face that she was not happy. And she was like, I think she said, I think that was when she said it. She was like, I want to die. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and Tim Daggett was like, Simone, you're still the greatest of all time. But anyway. So, but Simone is a perfectionist, and we love that. So I thought her vaults were good, but of course it's not the best she can do, because she's gotten 15.8, 15.9 on those before. So to her, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's like going from a 14.8 to a 14.2 to another gymnast. So it's like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> so I can understand why she was upset with that. Then she went to beam. And Lord, did it uh, did it fall apart on that. Okay. So went on beam. Starts off alright. Spots the beam correctly. She you can see she's in line in the air. But then her foot misses and it just you start you see it start to fall and then her other leg follows, and she's very strong, don't get me wrong, but she could not hold on. And this was the first time I've ever seen Simone fall off the beam. She fell off. Literally, my mom and I screamed. Because <laughs> to her, that's catastrophic. And everyone, everyone in that arena, and the commentator, everyone was silent, was like, oh my god, what the hell just happened? And Simone started crying, not like bawling, but she was upset. She was visibly upset. And she finished her routine though, and did the did the dismount well and all that. She fell, but it's not the end of the world for her. If it was, it would be for anyone else. <laughs> so she was really upset about that. And in my head, I was like, "Girl, you gotta get it together for floor." Like she always goes out of bounds on floor. But her difficulty is so big that it doesn't matter. And I've discussed that before. So I, w 
was really worried, honestly. Not gonna lie. And Tim Daggett was like, if you're Simone Biles fans, don't worry, she's okay. <laughs> also, after Beam, she immediately went and got her ankle taped. So I honestly think she got hurt. Not badly, but she probably tweaked it a little bit. She did floor, it was good, okay? She's, going, she's guaranteed the spot. Nothing changed there. But it was a bad night. And she was upset because, and she was asked like, you know, what was going through your head? She, she said something that I pointed out earlier. She's like, you know, a lot of people came to see me and you know, half this arena is just here to see me, which is true. And she's like, I feel like I let them down because they spent all this money to come here. And I would feel that way too. Um, you know, the people, her fans, you know, it doesn't really matter about the Olympics because she knows she's going. But for all the people who went to see her that night, it's like, yes. But before I go any further with the women on the Olympic team, I'm going to go back to the men real quick. So Brody Malone won. Therefore, automatic spot, like I said, it's his first Olympics. Very exciting for him. Two was Joel Moldauer. Guaranteed spot, because like I discussed earlier. I'm very happy about that. He was so great. And he said, because he was an alternate for Rio. And he was like, you know, back then, it was just all fun and games. Now it's serious business. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. But <clears throat> he did really great. Then, Sam McCulloch. I was worried, not gonna lie, because he had been kind of inconsistent this year. But honestly, I, in the back of my head, I was like, he's been to the Olympics two times. He's so consistent. And whenever there are mistakes, he always fixes them in one way or another. So I was like, there's no way. But also, I was like, okay, if they didn't do that, if they didn't pick him, who else would they pick? He's just too consistent. Usually, this was an off year, don't get me wrong. And he did fall off problem worse. Like, right before he was supposed to fi finish. And I was like, oh. And I really was like, oh my god. <laughs> and he said himself, I thought I, it was slipping away. But he got that last chance, and I'm very happy for him. Because he's my favorite male gymnast of all time. So, good for him. And then, Shane Wiskus. Knew he was going to make it one way or another. And then the question was, who is going to get that individual spot? And who was it? Alec Yoder. He had a great pommel horse routine. In Team USA men's, the weakest event is always pommel horse. It's one of the hardest. That's why in 2016 and other Olympics, when you had Alex Nador, who was the best on pommel, and always killed it, he was great. Um, he's now retired, but that's why he was on that team, really. He did great on other stuff though, but that's the hardest man. And Jake Dalton, who did great on other things as well, he was the best on rings. And Chris Brooks was an all-arounder, he was great. Who is married to Jordan Weaver, by the way? Sam McCulloch, all-arounder. All John Orozco. I did not agree with that. <laughs> I did not understand why he was on the Olympic team, honestly. Did not think he was good enough. Thought Danelle Leva was better. And then, you know, Danelle actually ended up... I don't know, like, he just never was consistent. He retired very quickly, by the way. 
I definitely think Alec Yoder deserved that spot. It was a it was a good fight though from Alex Diab. Really. Like both of those routines, Alex's rings routine and Alex pommel horse routine, they were neck and neck. But, you know, if you get a 14.9 on rings, it does not mean the same thing as a 14.9 on. So, here are the alternates. Cameron Bach, Alex Diab, Akash Modi, Alan Bauer, and Brandon Briones. Some of those names are surprising, some of them are not. So I'm very excited for that. Very happy to have a well-rounded men's Olympic team. So as I said, Simone Biles, obviously going seven-time national champion. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> now, who else? You know, Suni Lee, second place, guaranteed spot. Does she deserve it? Yes. Did I think Jordan Giles was going to be higher than was going to be in second? Yes. The scores were so close, but Jordan Childs is on the team as well. Thank God. I was going to be very upset if she was not, but she is, so it's all good. And then, this one I predicted. So the conversation because a lot of names who were previously up in the classic and in the championships and all of this stuff had slowly started to fall down. Now at this point, Jade Carey had said, I'm going to take the individual spot. So we had one more team spot and one individual spot left. Now, Riley McCusker, I really, really thought she was going to get that spot. But she fell on uneven bars tonight. The first pass she did, she fell. And the reason why she's an individual is because she got injured. And the only event that you don't use your ankles on is the uneven bars. So it very much limited her. So when she fell, I really was like, no, she's too consistent. Like, she has to get that spot. It was just a fluke. And you could tell after she finished that routine, she was like really upset and you could tell that she was doubting things but it was out of her control at that point because I really wanted it to be Jade and Riley because they're best friends so anyway but then I was like okay maybe Grace McCallum is going to get the individual spot because they were thinking about that she's very good at vault and very good at beam so they could have picked one of those and I wasn't sure and I wasn't sure about the alternates either, what kind of situation that would have been. But I, like I said in my previous episode, I was like, I'm not putting my money on Leanne Wong. It's too risky. And I was right. So on night one, she fell off the beam twice. Well, not twice. She fell off the beam. Okay, she got back on. But in her dismount, she didn't really land it she kind of like ran out of it and i was like whoa that's a huge deduction leanne is just not seasoned enough yet she will get there i do believe that one day she will be on the olympic team it's just not right now because like you have to be like suni lee because they're similar gymnasts uh in the way that you know they do their floor routines and stuff like that um in order to get there 
you have to be like Morgan Heard. Why is she not here? Because she got injured, like we discussed last week. She didn't qualify for trials. She petitioned. They said no because they gave the spot for Riley McCusker. And I agreed with that. I was like, okay, if Morgan has had six elbow surgeries, I wouldn't really want to bet my money on that. Let's give her a little more time to recover. Um, Morgan will be in the next Olympics. I am predicting it right here, right now. It was unfortunate not seeing her, though. Anyway, so... And it was unfortunate not seeing Lori, but she'll be back. The final team spot. It was very tight between Leanne Wong, Grace McCallum. Now, one who did well at championships was Emma Malaboyo. She did not do well at trials. I did not see her name anywhere. And I was like, okay, (laughs) weird. Like I said, it doesn't matter necessarily if you had a great trials and a, or no, if you had a great championships and a bad trials. It, it, they look at everything, but still, it does matter on the trials night because can you perform under pressure is the whole point. So I know it sounds kind of contradictory. It's very complicated. So my mom thought it was going to be Leanne Wong, and I was like, no. It has to be Grace McCallum. <laughs> now, if Grace McCallum, now if Morgan Heard was there and Grace McCallum, I feel like, and if if it was Morgan Heard, Grace McCallum, and Leanne Wong, I feel like Morgan Heard would have gotten that spot, but she's not there. And also, now that Riley McCusker, because I am sure if Riley did not get injured, she would be on that team spot but she did and she had to stick with the individual spot but um seriously a- another one that will be on the future uh team final so really thought she was gonna be one of those final four but she got injured had to pick an individual spot to kind of stick with it she fell tonight and that was really it and it's heartbreaking so heartbreaking because her best friend has already clinched the individual spot. And so they ended up picking for the fourth team member. I'm so happy. I screamed when they announced it. Grace McCallum. Why am I so happy about this, you may ask? I've watched this girl for years and years on end. She is consistent. She had an iffy trial. No, she had an iffy championships. She did. I won't lie about that. But her trials were so consistent and so good. Only very, very few deductions. And I was like, this girl is solid. And she does well on every event. She's an all-arounder. That's what those team spots are for. And again, if Riley McCusker wasn't injured, she would be in that spot. Um, because if you have to choose... Also, Suni Lee kind of came out of nowhere for me. So if I had to pick my own team and everyone's healthy, it like for, for four, because Jade Carey is not an all-arounder. I would put Jade Carey in the individual spot like she is now. I would keep her there. It would be Simone Miles, Jordan Giles, Grace McCallum, and Ryan McCusker. Yes, that, that would be it. And if I had to take one away, I would put Morgan Hurd as the replacement for whoever but if one of them got hurt i would replace them with morgan hurt anyway so so suni lee kind of came out of nowhere and i kind of screwed up my predictions um but she's still good so it's fine 
so happy about Grace McCallum. She has improved so much. All of them have, but I remember watching her when she was younger and she had a lot of work to do. And I was like, okay, the form is there, but it's not perfected yet. And now she's 18, she's much older and she's ready. And I'm so happy for her. And um, now a lot of you are saying, where's Michaela Skinner? Well, she got the individual spot. Is that surprising to me? Yeah. Did I think she was gonna be on the final four? No. I thought she wasn't gonna get a spot at all, honestly. Um, I thought it was gonna be Eva Cusker, even though she fell. I really did. I was like, no, they have to put her there. But it was too risky. Then I thought, well, maybe they'll do Leanne Wong. But the problem is, Leanne Wong, her best event is Beam, she fell on it night one horribly catastrophically <clears throat> she fell on it on night one and it, it ruined it she had a good beam routine on night two but it still wasn't like amazing so if they had to put her in the individual spot it would have been on beam but she didn't really do that great i understand why they picked Skinner. I, I do. I get it. For Team USA purposes, I get it. For my own personal preference, I do not understand. <laughs> um, like I said, go look at her story. Elite to college, back to elite. Here are the pros. She's experienced. She is an all-arounder. Now some of you are like, well, she didn't pick a, one event to do. Why is she getting the individual spot? That's the thing. Basically, Team USA just created a loophole, which is actually very smart because now, since Michaela can pretty much do anything, she's not amazing. She's not even like great in my eyes. I know a lot of people disagree. I would say she's really good, okay? And it goes really good, great, amazing. Simone Biles. <laughs> uh, I really don't. Um, she's on the really good scale, which is still better than, you know, half the world. So, you know, no discredit. But at that mo at the games is when Team USA is going to turn around and say, okay, Michaela, we want you to do this. <laughs> um, we're sucking on these other events. So we're going to pick this one for you to do. Please change the scoring. That's what they did there. Because um, she did not. Now she said, I'm okay with a team spot or an individual spot. Because she just didn't want to be an alternate. I get that. But um, am I glad she got the individual spot other than the team spot? Yes. Because she's not strong enough to be in that team spot. She's just not. Um i'm sorry she's just not and so the individual spot is actually a perfect spot for her but i just feel like riley mccusker would have been a better thing to do but also the thing is all of our girls are really good at uneven bumps 
even Simone when she had her bad night. So Riley was kind of stuck there. She kind of was in a sticky situation. She's doing an event that she's really good at, but she couldn't, she literally couldn't because of her injury, pick any other one. So it was very, take a chance, roll the dice, hope for the best. Michaela was kind of at the bottom of the all round. Now, mind you, in the rankings, she ended, where did she end? Fourth place on night one, she ended in seventh place tonight, okay? That is a considerable drop. Let's just talk about that. That's why I have doubts about her. She's never like consistent in terms of rankings. No, that doesn't always matter, but it does matter in the Olympics. And I was just like, eh. also they were giving her scores. They weren't like amazing scores. They were in the green but where I definitely thought she would be in the yellow. Because I was looking at other routines and all this stuff, and I was like, really? Like, she didn't have any major falls or anything, but there were some deductions, very visible, that I feel like were not caught. That's just me. Also, in a disclaimer, in gymnastics, and I think figure skating, I'm pretty sure in figure skating. In gymnastics, it's guaranteed. You, as a judge, the judges cannot replay the event. Why? One, because that would take all night. <laughs> um, it already does, because they're trying to remember what they just saw. But that would take so freaking long. And they would be so nitpicky on every little single thing and go through every gymnast on every single apparatus like that. It would just take too long and be very boring to watch. So they're not allowed to use replay. We can see it on TV, but the judges do not use it. So there is a chance, even if Nastia, Tim, and Terry saw it, that the judges might not have seen that mistake. So very dependent. It's a very smart move. Even though I'm like kind of skeptical about it, I understand why they did it. Maybe she'll prove me wrong in the Olympics. Um, it's very smart to just get a gymnast who is an all-arounder, but not the best all-arounder, and just put her in the individual spot and say, pick something. <laughs> um, for the purpose of the Olympics, it's actually very good. Um, but anyway, I just feel so bad for Riley McCusker and Morgan Hurd. I mean, I think Morgan Hurd kind of had accepted it a little bit because she didn't even qualify for trials. She kind of had a little more time than Riley did. Riley knew the moment that routine was done, she was like, it's gone. My chance is gone for this year. She'll be back. Do not worry. I do not have any doubts about her. Oh, she's so good. Anyway, so am I very happy about Jade Carey being on the Yes, love her. Very overall, couldn't agree more with the team. In terms of the final four, do I agree with it? Yes, absolutely. In terms of the individual spot, I totally agree with Jade, and I understand why they picked Michaela. If Riley didn't fall, though, if she did not fall tonight, she would be in that spot. I guarantee it. Anyway, but good for you, Michaela, for working your way back up. It's very inspiring. Now, here are the alternates. There's four alternates. I think there's six for the men. I didn't count. <laughs> um, 
Some of these I was a little surprised by. Some of these I was not. Alternate, Leanne Wong. That makes sense to me. Fine. Perfect. Love it. Kara Aker. Interesting. But I understand. <laughs> she was very, very good in classics and American Cup and Winter Cup and all that stuff. Um, very good. Her name was up there, but honestly, she kind of drifted off when Suni Lee started coming up and all these other gymnasts started doing much better at the right time. That's why she's an alternate. Um, also, she just needs to be more seasoned, blah, blah, blah. But I think she has a very good beam routine, if I remember. A lot of them do. I just, you know, there's a lot of people. <laughs> um, but I get it. I get it. Um, Emma Malaboyo, like I said, she was consistent at championships. In that, in my opinion, that's why she's an alternate. Championships and all the competition. Championships saved her. Because before that, she wasn't really anywhere to be found. <laughs> she was in the rankings, obviously, that's how she got here, but she was not a standout. And in championships, though, she did stand out. And that is why she's an alternate. Also, being an alternate is not bad. Some people would kill to be an alternate. Are you kidding me? Kayla DeKello. I understand. I understand that pick. She actually has a lot of sticks. I've seen it in her vault, in her floor, all of her dismounts. She almost never has a step forward or back. So I get that. Because deductions come from not sticking on the landing. So it's very, she doesn't have, I guess she's really good on floor, I would say. I guess would be her standout. But overall, she's pretty even. Like I said, Leanne Wong will be on that final four. Well, actually, wait, we're going back to five in Paris. That's right. So freaking confused. Um, she will be there at some point. Whoever designed the Team USA leotards, because I freaking love them, all of them. Sometimes, like, I either love one of the two colors, but this time, I love all of them. Love it. So shout out to whoever made those, because that's the best one I think I've ever seen. So I'm glad that we have good uniforms. I can't wait until the Olympics. We are a month out, pretty much. So, um, I can't wait for both the men and the women. I can't wait. So I promised you an episode. I will upload this soon. Thank you for listening to me today, guys. Thank you for dealing with all of my gymnastic rants. There will be more during the Olympics. I, You best believe it. This is Sportify. Please go subscribe and follow the Sportify account on Instagram. It's podcast underscore Sportify, all lowercase. I cannot wait to keep recording. And I cannot wait for this Olympic season to start. There will be more trial episodes coming up. And I'm going to finish out the Olympic timeline so I started. Go Team USA. I'm Bianca Burton, and this is Sportify. Sportify.